Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Grapplecast. It's me, your host, Taryn, as always, and today I am joined not by Joe, not by Jamie, but by Dan. Hello, Dan. What up, Boost? How's it going, Taryn? You all good? Yes, not bad. Busy week, busy week in work as normal. But isn't it always, Dan? Isn't it always the way? Another I think I'm another day, another dollar. I think I'm still getting over the poorness that was WrestleMania Sunday, to be quite honest. So um, still sticking with it though. I'm still watching. I'm rewatching Tefan Up still, and I'm watching AEW and all, all of that. But yeah, I'm still just trying to get over it. It's definitely a hard watch at the moment. I don't think I'll be. You know, like when you go back and you watch past WrestleManias. I'll watch WrestleMania Saturday from this year, but I think I'll give Sunday a miss, to be honest. But I wouldn't blame you. I wouldn't. No. Watch NXT instead. That was good. Uh, if I've got time. You know me in NXT. <laughs> I try and watch what I can. I'll watch the premium live events. I can't watch the weekly show. Too much okay. wrestling. Not enough hours in the day. Anyway, thank you very much to everybody who downloaded and streamed our episode last week. As always, episode 106. And for 107... This week, we are joined by a very special guest. So we said uh, we gave you a little bit of a teaser at the end of last week's episode and said, fingers crossed, we might have something uh, a little bit different because, you know, every now and again, we do like to get a guest on, whether it be a promoter, an owner or a talent um, on the show. And I'm very happy to um, announce that we do have a special guest this week. We have Nigel Fleming joining us from Exposure Wrestling Entertainment. How are we doing, Nigel? How are we doing, Jan? I'm okay. Fantastic. Brilliant to have you on. So um, Dan's going to take the lead effectively in our uh, episode this week. He's been going to, as we all know, many a promotion and many a show in Wales. And I know he's caught some of the action um, from you guys, Nigel. So, um, yeah, Dan, if you want to kick us off this week and we'll uh, we'll get into the world of exposure wrestling. Yeah, can do. I mean, I think I didn't go to your last show. I think we went to the show before then when you were... You had a, a surprise of James Storm come out right at the end. Yeah. Face your champion. You said to me, yeah. oh, there's something glorious about to happen. You want him to stay till the end. I'm glad you said that. It's mm. actually really, like, I, I wasn't, I, even though you gave me that, I was like, no, there's no way they can get Bobby Roode for the end of this. So, mm. no, it was good. But I, I think I remember all the way back to when you hosted a quiz um, in the, the Riverside Tavern. You did a random quiz. Yes. Uh, and I think I yeah, ended yeah. up going on my own. And I won a, it was a Lever Bates poster, tickets to the show. Couple uh-huh. of DVDs as well. That was that was a good event. That was. But, yeah, that was um, a long time ago. Yeah, I was trying to work it out. That must have been at least what six, seven years ago. Quite a while ago. It was back when they had the flags on the wall. Yeah, it would have been after. So we did we had Lever in 2015. So that would have been 2016. Oh wow, that is going back a little bit. And at the time, yeah. I was hosting a lot of quizzes at the time. So I saw the wrestling quiz just around the corner from my flat. Very similar to the neon is where you're doing. Your recent shows, I thought, no, I've got to go to that and did that on my own. And happy to say I ended up coming first place. We we do a quiz on this podcast at the end of every pod. We do a little quiz. Happy to say two years running, still the champion. Taryn is currently drawing right. this year. But he's, <laughs> well, he's catching yeah, himself. I'm pulling my finger out this year. That's the thing. <laughs> I just need to catch up on the pay-per-view predictions. That's what I need to do. Now, you'll you'll learn. You'll, you'll always be like we'll six and that. But, we'll see. Uh, we'll get into exposure. I was wondering, um, with exposure, how long it's been running for, Nigel? How, do you, how did you get it? And uh, where did you think of the idea to get exposure set up and get it all, all going? Um, uh, <laughs> I didn't. Um, so oh, okay. I, I actually started. Um, I was a DJ and a PA sort of. We would hire out equipment and that sort of industry. We were different, different industry altogether. Uh, and I got an email um, from <laughs> Leon White. Um, this is literally, I'm not even messing with you guys. This is the truth. I got an email through, uh, I'm coming across to the UK. Do you think you can do anything with me? And I was like, I know the name, but I couldn't at that point in time put it to, and I'd always been a lifelong wrestling fan anyway, uh, much like yourselves. Um, but I just couldn't put the name to the gimmick. Yeah. So I, was like, I know that I got so I Googled it and it came back. It's Big Van Vader, right? So I was like, someone's having a laugh. Someone's winding me up. Someone's, you know what I mean? So I said to him, I said, yeah, I'm sure we can do something. Yeah, sure. You know, throwaway comment. He came straight back to me within sort of half an hour. Um, can I call you? Can I Skype you? And I was like, okay, whatever. We're going to have some fun here. Someone's going to be on the camera that nobody wants to see doing what something nobody should be doing. But inevitably, yeah, we'll go with it. So um, I sat in my office. 
I got the missus on my shoulder and I apologised to her. I said, whatever comes on this camera, I'm so sorry. I said, but I need a witness because irrelevant. This is like insane. So, um, yeah, he called me. I didn't switch my camera on. I switched his on. And there he was. It's just Big Van Vader just Skyping me randomly. Okay. Um, yeah. So he, he then sort of organized with myself to come over. Um, we got involved in his whole, whole travel process and whatever. Um, that resulted in a phone call in a hotel room with another gentleman who, who was um, very noisy in the background. Um, when I asked Leon, can you do me a favor? It's really loud. I can't hear you. Can you just hush down the background? I had, um, it's your boy Rikishi on the phone. <laughs> Again, blew my mind. I was like, wow, okay. So, yeah, that's where exposure effectively started. We started off doing meet and greets with um, the big guys. Um, brought brought Rikishi Vader in. I'll be completely honest, it was a flop. It was a disaster. It was financially damaging. Um, massive risk. But ultimately, it was an experience that I can say I did. Um, uh, and, you know, if it wasn't for that sort of experience, we wouldn't be putting on shows and bringing people over. You know, we wouldn't have the reputation for internationals that we have. Um, so, yeah, forever grateful to Leon for that. How do you go from meet and greets to, sorry, Dan, how do you go from meet and greets to putting on a, a show? Okay, so this is another this is another insane situation. So we bring over two cool and Rikishi in the October. Um, <laughs> there was a thing on the internet. Rikishi wasn't happy. He went home. Um, Brian slandered me all over this live show, and um, I basically messaged him and said, "Look, you know what you've done effectively has caused massive problems. I could get a solicitor involved at this point, and you know, effectively take you to town." He instantly, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> like Brian does, um, and said, well, what if I come back over? And I was like, what? Why would I Why would I bring you over? You've just done what you've done. Yeah, yeah, but the fans will think it's a work then, and I can come over and we'll do some stuff. And I was like, okay, if you think that's going to work, we'll do it then. So on coming, Scotty's already on. Scotty's brilliant, wicked guy. Um, they agreed to come back over and we did a 28 day tour around the UK. During this tour, I get a phone call because we made an agreement with Walkabout where we do meet and greets with Too Cool in the walkabouts of the cities they're appearing at for wrestling shows. So we went up, we did Glasgow, we did Birmingham, I think we did Liverpool. We, we basically hit all these different cities. And at this point, I don't think anybody else had ever done what we were doing. We had an RV and we were traveling with these guys. We were taking them to the shows, taking all the pressures and stresses off of the promoters and making life easy. Um, so we, uh, I'm trying to think of the shows, Hope Wrestling, Target Wrestling, UPW, uh, Lincoln Fight Factory. There was a number of promotions involved in this. Kamikaze Pro. So there's some relatively big ones. Southside Wrestling, when it was still owned by Ben. Um, number of promotions involved in it. So we did, I think it was 28 days in total. Um, four of those were spent with nothing to do. The rest of them were seminars, meet and greets, and shows. Uh, during this time, we were in, I think we were in Nottingham. And I got a phone call from a gentleman who was the manager at Walkabout in Cardiff. And this is where it became something different completely. He said, do you, do you reckon you could put on a wrestling show? And I was like, I've never, ever considered it. It's not something I was interested in doing. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we've all done the WWE games where we created our own characters and, you know, oh, we'll do a show. It's funny, right? It's bit different, but as, a, but as an adult, you just don't think, how do I do this? Like, do you know? So, yeah, it came to the point where um, we, we put together a plan in the back of this RV. Um, and I, I guess it made sense because we had two cool with us. We had ears to bend and minds to pick. Um, so if you can imagine that, that whole experience, 28 days on, on tour with those two guys was a phenomenal learning experience for me um, to just I, just, I just sponged everything. So Brian, obviously coming up through all of the Memphis territories and stuff, his knowledge was, you know, unfathomable. It was just unreal amount of information. Um, so I milked him to the to the maximum to 
sort of work out the best way to do the show. Um, and it was, that's where I gained my sort of understanding that independent shows shouldn't be WrestleMania. Mm. I don't believe that independent shows should have 12 matches because inevitably we're going to be a two, three hour show maximum. Fans want to come enjoy themselves and go home. And this is something Scotty sort of educated me on and I've stuck by it ever since. Um, so we never do more than six matches, but we agreed the dates. Um, and yeah, that was, that was how we went from meet and greets to wrestling show, put a show on in walkabout in Cardiff. I think it was November 2nd, 2015. Oh, um, yeah, that's, that's where it all began. That's not too bad. I mean, you've always had, um, the big, like the big stars, but then you've had a good, um, array of talent behind you as well. Like a lot of the upcoming guys, um, that have transitioned to other places. Um, in terms of the, um, the, the big names as well, you mentioned you had, um, you've had quite a lot of the big names, like too cool. Um, you had, um, Scotty with you at the start, but you've had him quite back quite recently as well after his, yeah, um, yeah. NXT I went. speak to Scotty regular. And um, I, I, that must have been really good going full circle. You had him at your first show and then mm. looking now, 2022, 2023, you've come back yep. and you've had Scotty again. It must be completely different that he's been in that NXT WWE system for so long. And the, like you said, you had the stories with Brian growing up in the business with uh, with his dad in the territories. Yep. It must have been very similar with Scotty having those similar stories of um, things in NXT, how things work there and helping with the show, like moving on as well. That must have been pretty cool. Yeah, if I'm completely honest, his trip back over with us um, last year wasn't um, – he, he very much sort of was business, let's get it done. and Because he had that many dates booked in, there wasn't much time to sort of chat and hang out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was a very fleeting visit, sadly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I always try and take a few minutes with each each of the um, the people I bring in, especially those that have been in the business so long. I'm I'm all about taking the information on board and, and it's constantly learning, trying to make things better, not just That's for the you as the fans, but also for the guys backstage. But it's the best way. I mean, I remember the, the show that I went to a couple of months ago and you had a really good uh, crowd in the neon. Um, it, was, it, it must have been in, in the hundreds. Um, I didn't so which, know. Which, which one now? The, the Fandango show. Oh, the James Storm show. Um I always I always undershoot our numbers because um, I'm not was, I don't like to. I remember brag. it was quite busy because there was a lot of the seats were taken up. It was really busy. It must have been. We, in the usually, we usually put out 250 seats to start with, and then um, add on to them effectively because they're all my own seats. So. No, that's fair. Boys love me for that. No, don't, it's fair. We we had a seat. It was really comfy as well. Can't complain. How, how many did you have in the first walkabout show? Because I know we're walkabout, especially with the Cardiff one. You've got the big balcony around. Yeah, the, the, walk, the, the walkabout show we had. I'm just trying to think because that was uh, God, it was a long time ago. I think we had just under two. That's still good. Sure. You're always going to get that in Cardiff. Cardiff's got really good scene. Yeah. A lot of promotions. I think it we was, can name four or five at the moment. So you're always going yeah, to... It was on a non-pay-per-view night as well. So we were doing it without the backing of like the shows and things. So it was... Um, yeah, it was pretty all right. It was cool. Can't Again, it's a good, ex- good experience. No, definitely. And you've always got the bar as well. I have a couple of beers as well, which is always uh, a plus. But yeah. I know recently, I know you had... Um, you had Cody Rhodes as part of um, the, the tour coming over, especially after his WWE release. He um, went to a lot of different independents, but he came to, um, I think it was it, it was in Newport. It was on the outskirts yeah, of yeah. the show for that. Uh, we, had him remember... in, um, we had him in Pilgwentley. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who's not too familiar with Pil- Pilgwentley, it's a tiny area in Newport it, near the, near the prison. Rough. It's a little bit, little bit rough and ready. It's rough. <laughs> I well, don't that, get on with going around there. You need uh, Kevlar to walk around Pill Gwendolyn. <laughs> well, we had um, we used to do do regular shows in Pill. Actually, it was really good. Um, we had the ven- the venue itself. It was like a sports hall, so it was you can do whatever you want in there, effectively. Uh, but yeah, we had Cody in there. We've had Scott Hall in there. Um, quite a few. I bet that was um, a little bit different. I'm assuming Scott didn't wrestle. He just did an appearance. Yeah, he just he <laughs> yeah, very much so. Very much so. yeah. <laughs> Scott, was a big, the big he was jacket. a fun character. Yeah. 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 Well, I met him. Um, we did the. 
I think it was um, Inside the Ropes brought them over Nash, Waltman and Hall. They did the NWH yeah. tour. It's NWO, but it was NWH. Yeah. Um, and basically we met them there. That was the first time I met Scott. I'd already had X-Pac and um, I'd met Nash at a Comic-Con somewhere else. Um, but that was the first time I met Scott. And I was a bit concerned because I was like, right, he's, he's fresh off his rehab with DDP. Um, is he going to be okay with these two? Because Nash was trolley, bless him. He was drinking wine like it was nobody's business. Um, he was still lovely. He was a sweet guy, like, but yeah, he was very much enjoying his red wine. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we met we met Hall, and he he was he was nice. He was he was actually out of the three of them, he was the most down to earth, which I thought was really after coming out of everything. I thought that was really nice that sort of like you could stand there and have a conversation, and he was just another guy um so when we had him on the show then and he turned up i (laughs) i don't think he recognized me to start with um and he walked through the door and i was so busy i had no time to actually have a conversation with him so i very much just said to him right come here and i walked into the locker room opened the door i went you're in there oh there we go it was um yeah it was a it was a thing <laughs> but he was he was wicked he was all about putting the guys over and yeah he was all about sort of making sure that you know that the next generation got their push got their rub um and that that's for me you know all I can ask from the big guys effectively the people that come over is that they help to elevate the talent that that are putting on the show on a regular because ultimately, without the talent that are putting on the show, these guys haven't got a show to come over to. No, that's true. And you've got quite a lot of like unique names and really good names on the show. Um, you've got guys like 2K. Um, you've got uh, Mason Storm on there as well. Um, you've got Lucky Bowden. Uh, and, you know, they've really got a good name for themselves on the Welsh scene and the UK scene over, over the past year. So I'm, just, I'm assuming with the big names that you're getting over there, it's passing on that knowledge. And I know you had the NWA Women's Champion as well. Uh, that was on your most yeah. recent show, and I saw the picture on Instagram that she worked with Ali Taylor, and you could see like how happy that they were to work with each other, and you could see like the very similar sort of styles passing on that knowledge to the new generation. So that must be pretty cool yeah. to see that. And then when you do the next show, you can sort of see how they work with it. But I've got to be fair with the, the guys that you've had on there, especially with that. You know, Two K brings um, a lot of energy to his performances, and you had. Um, uh, Mason in there as well um, and you had them having pictures at half time and everybody was loving it having yep. pictures in the ring and really getting involved with the crowd and making it really like pro- proper like a family family sort of show when you went it was very different to other shows that I've been to like indie shows it's you have a raffle with a lot of indie shows but you sit there you've got a bar and that's it but you had well, you've got to love a raffle you've got to love a, an interval raffle at an there's indie nothing show. better than winning <laughs> A wrestling raffle. I've won a pack of deals, <laughs> and I just want to get booed. If I can get booed, if I get some heat, winning a raffle prize, I'm well happy. Yeah. <laughs> just going back to um, you meant you mentioned earlier that Cody Rhodes, Nigel. How how do you go about getting Cody Rhodes? Um, what network. was the process involved? Net right, okay. <laughs> network. That's all it is. It's network. Um, you know someone who knows someone who knows someone. Um, I was offered Cody. It wasn't that I went for him because um, I was sort of out of the loop. I didn't know his contract had ended with WWE. I didn't know he was a free agent at the time. Um, and somebody come to me and said, oh, would you be interested in Cody Rhodes? And I was like, oh, Stardust. Because I instantly went there. I was like, oh, the kids will love that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they were like, no, he's not doing Stardust. And I was like, why? And they were obviously hates it. But I, I, I wasn't clued up at the time because I sort of like – gapped out of wrestling a little bit i'd have gone and sort of like phased away from it so um yeah yeah i said yeah let's do it whatever brought him in and um yeah the rest was history wrestlemania history as they say well yeah it must have been pretty cool with that belt i know that i, I sent it to you the minute i saw it i pinged you a message with a picture and because i i looked straight away i saw a couple months before and he said that every indie promotion that he worked with before going back to wwe he was going to put their name on the belt yeah. So the minute I saw that picture, I was looking out for exposure because I know he, he, went, he was on the show with you guys, and I saw it there on the the middle on the on the left hand side. That must have been pretty cool to see something that would have been seen in front of hopefully billions of people. 
people. Oh, I think I'm lost. Am I still here? No, right. you're back. You're back. We lost you you're for back. a second. Don't worry. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, it, it was nice that he was sort of like able to sort of give credit, not just to Exposure, but to all the people that sort of elevated him while he was out on the Indies. Because, uh, again, I think it's very much the case that without those companies, he may not have done the things he'd done. Um, so, But, again, the same thing as without him, maybe the companies wouldn't be where they are. Um, so it's just nice that it's like mutually gratifying. Um, but, yeah, it was a hell of a rub, hell of a rub. No, definitely. And it, it's it, you really see it with people like Drew McIntyre, like you said, with um, Cody Rhodes as well. They take a break from the big companies. They go and work with the Indies. But actually, it works out really well for both sides. Um, you get the good yeah. numbers coming in through the door. But they actually perform like uh, leaps and bounds different to how they, they did 10 years ago. So it's great to see both ways. And like you said previous, like working with the new guys and bringing them um, you know, up and up and going. But I think you've got with your with your new guys at the moment, you've got going from NXT UK, you've got uh, the old Jack Stars, which is now Jack Selstrom working yeah, with you as well, having you in the Jack, academy. Jack, Jack Selstrom's in there. Who else have we got? Uh, Yestin Reese is coming in now. Uh, he's going to be a mainstay. Eddie Ryan, he's going to be a mainstay. Oh, wow. This but this next show, we've got Nina Samuels coming back. It's been four years since we last had Nina. Uh, and Zaya as well. Uh, Zaya hasn't been with us in a, uh, three years, I think. We spoke about it, and she said three years. So, yeah, it's nice to have people coming back after they've gone and done something. And then they come back and we can say, you know, hey, welcome back sort of thing. Rather than making their debut, it's like they're making their return. So it's sort of like a nice... A little warm feeling, I guess. Fuzzy feeling. It's because I had a look on, um, before we came on the pod today, I was having a quick look on YouTube at the um, the exposure page, and there's quite a lot on there of um, of Zaya, a lot of her matches on there, um, which is good to see. But you also see a lot of um, Nadia Sapphire as well. I think she's been yeah. with you, I think she said on the last show, for about uh, 10 years there, isn't she? Or however she long was, she's been going. So she was on our very first show in 2015. So oh, she's wow. been with us. Her and Doug Williams are actually the only original people from that first show that are still around, um, which is f- fantastic, really. So That's insane. And I think she's got her own school as well. It's great to see people, like you said, sticking with you with a bit of loyalty, seeing them on the show. And it is the familiar, familiar names. You've had um, yeah. Lucky Bowden's been on the show for quite a while. He's had um, the, the Crown and a couple of the other champions. I think he was in the... Um, it was, I think it was in the Battle Royal, or well, I think it was a tag team match he was actually in, wasn't he? Before on the Fandango show as a surprise entrance. So it's always good to have. Yeah, Fatal Four Way tag match, that was, wasn't it? That's it. it. And it, he, had, he had a good pop as well. You could tell the crowd were knowledgeable and they, they knew his name from previous. Um, yeah. So it's always good to have those ones coming through. But do you have any any sort of names that are coming through the academy that are ones to watch, very similar to the Eatons and the Bowdens in the past? Um, if, I, if I'm honest, yeah, there's. Um, so Aaron Steele, I think, is going to be one to watch. He's he's gonna he's just started going out to other companies now. So he did Forever Rivals with Mason last weekend, um, and he's got other bookings now in the next two months. I can't remember exactly where, but he's got other bookings. He's gonna be one to watch. He's very um, yeah, very very high flyery, but very grapply at the same time. If that makes sense. So he's yeah, he's a, he's able to do a bit of everything. So make sure of all of them. Definitely one to watch. He was in. He was in the tag match. You would have seen him. He was yeah. tagging, tagging with um, yeah, a guy called Eli Blake. Now he's called. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So him. Uh, Eli, Eli, Eli's doing good as well. He had a store, uh, match with Mason, James Mason, last weekend. So he's doing pretty good too. Fair. So they're definitely ones to watch, and I know that you'll have a, quite a lot of the ones coming up on your uh, show coming up in the next couple of weeks. It's um, Gauntlet for the Gold in Neon. Yeah. The 20th, for the gold, yeah. 23rd of uh, 23rd of April in the neon. I think doors open at five, but it starts at six. Is that right? That's right. We give you an hour to get a couple of drinks in and settle down and do whatever you want to do. Really, go and see the merch, say hello to people because there's usually people floating around. So my my favourite bit is you've got a guy behind the bar called Demo, who we call Big Demo, <laughs> and he actually looks very similar to Big Demo, who's a wrestler as well. <laughs> yeah. It's like they they look uncanny. Like I remember Demo from the bar days back in the old warehouse 54s and you're like hang on a minute you look exactly like Killian Dane from WWE and they've got the same name and everything it's bro yeah you won't train I've asked him you haven't I know Luke I know Luke did his, his friend well uh, ended up uh, having a couple training sessions but yeah I think Big Demo you could actually say that they were like a tag team you could say they were brothers the gimmick's already there for them to be fair 
Definitely. You've, you've got Gauntlet for the gold coming up. I know that you've got a couple of the matches, which I'll touch on in a moment, which I'm quite excited for. But the one that was very interesting to me was the actual Gauntlet for the gold match. What, okay. what, are, the, what are the rules with that match? How does the, the overall Gauntlet for the gold match work? Yeah, so the, the Gauntlet for the gold match. Um, this will be the third one I think we've done. I'm sure we've had three. Um, so basically two people start. Uh, once once somebody is eliminated, uh, so that's via pinfall over the top ropes or submission, uh, a next bracket comes in. So two people will come in after the first person's eliminated. Once the next person's eliminated, three people will come in. The next person's eliminated, four people will come in, so on and so forth, until we've got like 20 guys in the ring, and it's chaos. Uh, but as I said, it's, it's pinfall, uh, submission, or over the top. It's not. It's the only match that we don't exclude girls from. And that sounds absolutely awful, but I don't do men and women wrestling um, purely on the basis that I just don't do it. Um, but that match is the only one where we've had Chantal Jordan. She actually um, took somebody out of the match to inject herself into the match, bless her. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's the only person to have ever sort of crossed over that boundary. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's a cool match. It's anything can happen effectively. So um, watch, watch the space. See who comes out. You never know. Are we, we going to see potential of, of different women coming into it this time? People like La Taylor and who Zach knows? Or is it, who knows? Anybody's anybody's going to. It, it's that situation with exposure where you never know who's going to turn up. Literally. And it was like that the last show that I went. I was not expecting to see James Storm there, um, but he did get a big pop. I think um, I'm not too sure if it's him or CJ Rollins that almost threw themselves at us but um yeah I would have, yeah it would have been cj definitely <laughs> i was yeah. not expecting that it was about 10 o'clock at night and then all of a sudden there's a body darting towards us but it's what you expect in live wrestling and it's part you want to be part of the fun with it that's it right but you've got um i know you've got um you've got jack going up against cj rollins for the is it the um digital championship isn't it yeah is that's that for the belt the, that's going to be for like the belt. teacher versus student sort of vibes with that match is it um, no, I don't think Jack's actually taught Charlie. I think Charlie yeah. did his own thing. Yeah, I think CJ sort of came from they're different locations in the UK as well. CJ is originally from Birmingham, so okay. Um, yeah, he would have trained under different people. Um, so yeah, it, it's very much sort of Jack's the elder in the match, I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, definitely. But Jack wants his hands on the belt, and he has done since last year. And Charlie's okay. just constantly evaded him, constantly sort of moved moved around and navigated his way through different people. So like Tate, yeah, Tate Mayfair's tried to get him. Um, Eric Young tried to get him. I think James Storm is literally the only person that has got him, um, yeah. and that was that was unexpected, as you know. It was, it was. But you've got to keep moving. You've got to keep that title somewhere. But you've got a, di- a couple other different titles that. Are- quite unique to exposure you've got the the crown as well haven't you yeah we got the it was originally the lucha crown so it was originally brought in at lucha mania 2 where we did a rumble and um somebody won the won the crown obviously i think it was lion lion kid uh was the first crown champion and then it moved from being a lucha championship because we did coyote ugly we were doing coyote nitro shows in coyote ugly and they were quite fun yeah. Um, and of course, we we moved away from the lucha stuff because it was less family orientated, uh, and it, it then got renamed the Exposure Crown Championship. Uh, so the king is just the Crown Championship holder, effectively. So at the moment, Mason's got that, but uh, Bowden wants it back. That's fair. He, was, he had, held that crown for quite a while as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did have it for a fair while. Yeah. That's fair. It's, it's always good to see, you know, it's, you ha- always have different titles and quite often when you go to see different promotions, the titles are very similar. So it's cool to have something different. You see a lot now with people walking to the ring with trophies or uh, wands or, um, but it is it is good to see it with a crane. It's something just a little bit different and they can wear it there. They can have it in promos. You can pretty much, you can use it as a weapon. You can do all sorts with it. Yeah. Well, if they want to use my crown as a weapon. Well, when you're not looking, when you're not looking, only when the back, you know, when the officials aren't looking, that doesn't happen, yeah. honest. But it's a, lot of, got, a lot of money to hit somebody with. Definitely, yeah, and that would definitely hit as well. You'd definitely get you a bit of colour if you made impact with that. You, you said you got um, Yastin with you. I think you, you, um, he's facing good old Kaz Frankie Kazarian on this uh, this show in a couple of weeks as well, isn't he? 
Yeah, yeah. Yestin laid out the challenge because he's um, he's obviously never worked for Exposure before, um, and he basically laid out the challenge for management um, to give him something that he can get his teeth into. Uh, so what's better than Frankie Kazarian? When I saw that, it's, it's a definite. When you see that name on the poster on the card, you have to go see. I've never seen Frankie live. I've seen hundreds of shows across the UK. I've never seen him live. So it's definitely one to be looking forward to. I've seen Zaire and I've seen uh, Nina Samuels before, but those two always put on a really good show. And I think those two are facing off um, on the cards. Uh, yeah. as well, so. so they're they're going to be round two, three? Three, round three of the Valkyrie tournament. Oh, wow. Yeah, so at the moment there's a uh, Valkyrie tournament. It's, it's uh, what have we got so far? Ruby, Ruby's gone through. Um, Nadia's gone through, and then we'll have whoever wins between Zaya and Nina go through. And then there's a couple of other names all set to basically take place in August. That's pretty good. So, what, what's, um, what does the winner of the tournament um, end up winning? The Valkyrie belt goes back into circulation. Happy days. So we get the women's title going back up and around. Yeah. So it's Sounds been good. it's been out of uh, out of sorts for uh, well since before COVID. Um, it's been very difficult to sort of get girls to come to Wales, sadly. Uh, but obviously we're getting to it now where people want to come back and they want to get involved and trying to build the women's division back up so that we can mix our entertainment back up and sort of get things back to how they were. Yeah, I suppose the main product on telly, the, the WWE's, the EWs, with their women's division, seeing women on the on the television, it will encourage the women's division, hopefully, to get a lot stronger. You get a lot more people come into the academy and, and training and hopefully develop them onto the show. Um, yeah, well, we've, be- got, we've got five girls currently training with us. Yeah. Um, two of which are almost ready to sort of go out there and do their thing. Um, it's just making sure that everybody's where they need to be. Uh, in the respects that you know they're, they're capable and safe and you know we're happy makes sense you've got to make sure everybody's also awesome. I mean, Wales has got a really good background of women's wrestlers coming through and we had uh, Sierra Loxton back in the day um, you've got Tegan Knox um, Stephanie yep. Wall, who's blazing the trail at the moment um, yep. you know, they've all I, I remember seeing Steph that was the first time I saw her I saw her in the neon she was wrestling for Shakara Pro we always have yeah. a laugh on this pod because with that show I didn't realise how many people that are now big names uh there, there was people like eddie uh eddie kingston was on the show um yeah. you had um ruby soho was on the show i did realize a lot of them they were like the work rants they're under masks we, talk, we were talking about it a couple of months ago but it's very similar with indie shows you we could go to see exposure and see all of these stars and then in three or four years time they, they could be on AEW, they could be on wwe they could yeah. be in new japan well, that's, the sky's that's the limit definitely, definitely something that's happened so we had a guy called um sammy smooth used to wrestle for us he used to come from london quite regularly and he's in the um he's in the tag team now pretty deadly oh yeah yes yeah. Or elton prince uh sam um oh, he's sam the dad. yeah no he's um kit wilson i think he's called kit, kit wilson yeah that's him so yeah he used to he used to wrestle for us all the time and then you've got formerly called bobby tyler i'm not sure what her name is but she's in nxt now as well um, so yeah, it's, you just never know who's going to go up, who's not. Um, they're not, they're, they're very picky with who they put over there, yeah. which is which is great, but not to the point that it's unta- untouchable. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. You want it, you want it to be a case where you can aspire to get there, but I know what you mean. In some cases, it, it can be like you're trying to jump through to get on those promotions, but some cases you you become undeniable. Um, you you look at. Um, the the AEW Women's Champion at the moment from Southampton, blazing the trail, and we've got the big show coming up in uh, Wembley Stadium now. So it'll be interesting to see how many UK talents that they they get on that show as well, um, to hopefully give a boost to that and, and show what the UK can do. And yeah. the exposure's part of Drew. that showing. What the you reckon Drew, Drew's going to turn up? It's got to be Drew, isn't it? Well, I, I, well, we were discussing it a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't even think to think that Drew's contract could end and he could go across there. But that would be absolutely insane if we could have him in the main event oh, against Moxie. So I would love to see that. To be they'll fair. throw too much money at him. I, I don't see it. I'd love to see it, but I don't know. You reckon? <laughs> we, the, you reckon WWE's going to stop him, do you? Yeah, I, I think Punk will have built his bridges back by then, and it'll be Punk and the Young Bucks doing something. I think they they need something. They need a Punk or they need Drew, don't they? So somehow they've got to fill 
forty to ninety thousand seats somehow, haven't they? So. Yeah. <laughs> I still think British Bulldog Junior. I still think they'll get Harry Smith Junior in there. They'll have him in the main event. You'll, they'll get him a bulldog of some sort. So recreate it. They'll have him walking down there. Everyone will be happy. They with got that. the um, they got the bulldogs already, haven't they? The um, yeah. the Billington Bulldogs, and they're doing they're doing phenomenal at the moment in Canada. They're they're just blowing yeah. up. So um, yeah, it makes sense to bring Davy and them in together. Yeah. Why not? It's a good thing with AEW. They work with so many different. They quite got a good open relationship with all of the the other promotions. I know that they've got the Stampede, the recreation of Stampede up in Calgary at the moment, so which mm. is great to see. But watching them all work with, which I think Michael Locke, who has been promised a dark match uh, by Chris Jericho on his podcast. So we'll wait and see if that actually happens. But it'd be interesting to see with that show, the undercard and how many matches they put on, who ends up being on there and what big names end up getting on that show. It's definitely exciting. Yeah. I, I just want to see what the ticket prices are going to be because... With the WWE Clash, I don't know if you went, but the Clash at the Castle when they were charging almost five thousand pounds for front row. Yeah, I went. <laughs> I went. Yeah, I think I paid three three hundred and fifty pounds, and I was in the lower tier, um, so we could see the ring. Uh, and then I found out the people next to me paid fifty pounds for the same seats. <laughs> absolutely, so I was, I was yep. raging. I was absolutely raging because I was like, right, release day. There's gonna be no tickets. We gotta get them. <laughs> I was one of those. So what four of those? We were all on there. We were hunting. And luckily, um, yeah. Taryn and, and Jamie from the pod, they managed to get theirs for the 40-50s. But I ended up spending 200. And I was yeah. right on the I was on the floor. I thought, oh, I've got amazing tickets here. I'm on the floor. I'm in the corner. Couldn't see a thing. I had to watch it all on the Tron. Couldn't even see the entrances. I paid 200. Ridiculous. It was crazy. But the atmosphere there, the singing of it. I yeah. you'll always remember that. That was a great It was a vibe, day. wasn't it? Yeah. Definitely think, a vibe. <clears throat> we'll watch Money in the Bank safely from the comfort of our own sofa, purely on the basis of the fact that I ain't paying those ticket prices this time round. Yeah. Or a watch party. That'd be good. Yes. Yeah. It, we, you, we are due a watch party on the pod, aren't we? It's one thing that we've never done in going on three years. So it is due. Nige, what, with Exposure themselves, would it be fair for me to ask you what your favorite event you've put on is or or the or your favorite match that you've booked or, or just seen oh, or wow. even one that <laughs> or even maybe one that you've that surprised you a particular match that you thought oh well of course i'm going to book this match anyway so it'll be decent but it's really you, you know you've watched it and thought wow that was better than expected um that's a really good question um tough I mean, Cody and Doug was phenomenal. That was a really good match. Um, the, I think my problem is I don't watch the matches as such. I watch the crowd's reaction to the matches. Um, it's my job to see what the crowd's reacting, not not to see what the boys are doing. Um, I book the guys that I trust to sort of put on a decent match. And then I watch the match afterwards, if that makes sense. Um, I do have people constantly watching the matches while, while it's going on so that obviously anything happens, there's cover. Uh, but ultimately, I'm not sort of focusing on the match at the time. Um, looking back, there's one on our YouTube, Warren Banks and Lucky Bowden. That was a really good match for what it was. Um, ladders, <laughs> there was ladders involved, which I absolutely despise. I'm not a hardcore guy at all. The minute they bring weapons out, I leave the room. Um, <laughs> that's a fact. The boys will tell you that. Um <laughs> Yeah, that was it. The Warren Banks and Lucky Bowden one was a good one. Um, I can't think off the top. We've had we've had some really good, really good matches. Um, we had a really one one that really shocked me actually was um, we had Lion Kid. We had a guy called Lukachu, <laughs> and and the leader of the faction in AEW. Uh, what's his name? Where's the mask? Evil Uno. Yes, yeah. Yes, we had we had those three in a match, and about halfway through the match, it turned into musical chairs because <laughs> each of them brought a chair with them. Um, I've actually got Uno's chair in the corner by here. He drew on it with a sharpie, drew his face on it, and wrote "Evil Uno" on it. Uh, but each of them had their own sort of custom chair, and um, yeah, halfway through the match to help promote their chairs. They decided to do a musical chairs um, segment, which was quite funny to see Uno doing that, um, you know, for what he is like. Um, but yeah, that was that was quite funny. I remember that match. Um, I would love to have seen that. 
That's probably probably um, off the top of my head. There's different things in matches that I like more than the matches themselves. Mm-hmm. So, like, the very first show we did, um, it'll always stick with me because it gashed a red. Um, Nadia Sapphire hit Lever Bates with a, a bottle, and it split Lever's head by here. And, um, yeah, it was a sugar bottle. So <laughs> it should, should never, ever split anything. But ultimately, it did. Um, so that'll that'll stay with me forever. Um, Eric Young um, falling off the top rope and cutting his leg open. Little things, just, just stupid little things. They all stick with me. Um, but yeah, I haven't got a, I haven't got a particularly favourite match. I've got you know spots from matches, things in yeah. matches that sort of stick with me. Oh, that's fair. If um if money was no object, then your your dream appearance who would you have any promotion dead or alive let's throw that out there um money's no option oh taker yeah it's gotta be on it really (laughs) taker yeah taker or hogan in his prime maybe yeah so, uh, but that's money. That is, that's it's not. If it was a personal preference, I think I'd probably have Savage. Uh, yes, good show. Just, just for my own personal, you know, kick. Savage yeah. was a legend. So yeah, definitely. That'd be good. Imagine the Undertaker in the neon. Oh yeah. <laughs> have the lights dim in. I was gonna say you turn the lights off. Yeah. I the we you know, the, the the strangest one I've ever seen in the neon. I was 16 at the time. Was Sandman. I think it was UCW oh, okay, yeah. at the time, um, and it was a memorial show. There was a baseball. I don't know. I don't remember the name of the guy, but yeah, the that one that and, um, Foley was at. Yeah, the Foley one. He had Shadow Style, Moore and Yeah, yeah I, I remember that. Yeah. And um, Sandman comes out then to Sandman. He's drinking loads of beers. He's literally he finishes a beer. He signs it. And he's charging people two pound a empty can or empty bottle. I'm like, okay, yeah. this guy's savvy. But he gets half the way through. My brother's 18, just 18 at the time, Joe. Who's on the pod, and um, he literally puts the beer in Joe's hand, but he does it like to balance walking through the audience. But he, he leaves the beer, and then you can see as anxiety comes back, and he just shouts because he obviously he's American, 21 in America to drink beer, and he yeah. thinks he's just left a beer with a kid. And he goes up to Joe, and he goes, Are you 21? And Joe goes, uh, No, and he has to have a panic then walking all the way to the ring. But in the match, there was a, a bunch of flowers on in the neon, there used to be a ledge by the ring, the ring used to be on stage, and yeah. He, he just went hardcore. He must have had about five or six beers, probably a bit more. He saw the flowers, he grabbed it, and then the baseball guy ended up lamping him over the head with it. And then afterwards, the flowers that were up there was actually for a memorial for one of the wrestling promoters' mothers who just died. And then they had to give him the, the bouquet of flowers that were absolutely brutalised. I'll oh. always remember that. Rough. You meet a Mick Foley watching Sandman absolutely brutalise some flowers that they're giving somebody for a memorial. You always yeah. remember those ones. Proper ECW hardcore back in the day. Did, did you know that Sandman had to be pulled out of the ground for that show? Oh, you, no, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. What was he doing in the ground? If, if anybody wants to know he about just, the ground, it's probably one of the roughest pubs in Newport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pre, pre, pre-show drinks, apparently. He went for a wander. He said, oh, I'll be back in a bit. And he stayed in the ground from about three till doors. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. There's, oh, back in the day, yeah, there wouldn't have been many pubs. You would have had the Murringer and the Carps. Yeah, they may not have let him in, but wow, I can just imagine the Sandman in the ground in the corner with the, with mm-hmm. the strip of, with the stripper poles and the fruit machines. That would be an yeah. interesting sight to see. Living his best life. Oh, wow. That was a show and a half. That I'm thinking of the names that were there back in the day. They had Alex Shane. I think it was Alex Shane who was promoting it. I'm yeah. pretty sure he was doing. It. I remember he asked me where Subway was, and I was just starstruck that Alex Shane wanted to know what, where Subway was <laughs> for me at the time. Oh, that was a great show. We always do remember the shows, and the Neon's always been great for wrestling. We've always seen so many big names in there, and and future coming coming on. I know that it's one of your premier residencies. Um, other than Neon, I know you mentioned you've been in Pill as well. Have you got any other sort of shows that are coming up um, after the? Uh, yeah, so we do at the moment. We're doing one a month. So we've got the Neon this month. Then we've got Cumbran, uh, Cumbran Working Men's next month. Um, so we pop from Newport to Cumbran, then we go back to the Neon. Uh, then we do 
Swansea, I think. Back in Swansea. Then we're back in the neon. Then we're somewhere else. We just there's a couple of different places we're going to be popping up. So yeah, it's good. To, it's good to talk. I mean, we're busy. Cardiff, Cardiff's a really big hub for wrestling in Wales, but you do have the Newports, you have the Cumbrans, um, the Talbots, yep. many different areas that are desperate to have shows. And I know that uh, Taryn spoke to a local promoter um, of his area, Blackpool, and they're they're having shows. And it's hard to have shows up there. They don't have many shows up there. So and when the yep. show does come around, you, you know, you make well, we're lucky in Wales. I get this. I, it, it could go a week, and like there's a show on this Friday in Roth. Then we've got your show next week. Um, there's other shows across the bridge. They've got Chaos on. They've got In Yates. I, yep. I literally within a, an hour's drive, I could go see a show pretty much every weekend. So it's really good, especially with Cambran. You yep. don't know no many shows up there, so it's good that it is branching out. Yeah, I think it's just us and Welsh that run Cambran. Uh, Welsh run the Congress. So. Not bad, yeah, because um, Welsh have they been in the riverfront in, town, in uh, the city centre as well. They've had some big names in there and they sort of mix it up. Um, one yeah. question I did want to ask you, it's a bit of a strange question, but um, so with exposure, like being exposure as a brand, if it had to, if you had a home and away, so you had United, Man United versus Liverpool, for example. Right. Like, so WWE and WCW, if you had to have, not like an invasion, but if you had to have sort of a home and away, um, with the Survivor Series used to have Raw versus SmackDown, if you could have exposure versus another promotion, who would you like to face and what sort of matches could you imagine? Oh, wow. Um, That's a big question to ask on the front, isn't it? <laughs> it <laughs> is, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Because we played, we played 2K, don't we? And you, you have the old school, you have like Goldberg <laughs> versus Kurt Angle. Then you could have yeah. Lucky Bowden. Lucky Bowden could face B- BT Gunn. Yeah, and, um, most, well, was, most of our guys are on that game, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, somebody's made most of it. Apparently, I'm on there. I'm a character on there somewhere. So, never knew this. see if we can find you. I think I've I, made, I made Taryn in the old game, but I haven't made him yet. Yeah, it photos sent to me that I'm I'm a character on the game. I was like, that's funny. They, they've made me very slim, though. It's very rude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think if we um, if we could do a, a challenging show, um, I don't want to be generic, so I wouldn't be like... My my immediate thought was like RevPro or something, uh, but ultimately that's generic. Everyone's going to go for that. I'd want to do something that nobody expects, something different. So maybe like OTT. That'd be pretty cool. Or WXW would be good. Yeah, that'd be really cool. You know, so, that distance as well, the language barrier, learning to work yeah. with other other talents as well. That'd be really cool. This is it. I don't local stuff is all fun and dandy, but ultimately it's not going to achieve anything. If you get somebody from further away to come in. It's something that nobody else is doing. So, yeah. That's the way you used to work back in the day. I know that we love reading our autobiographies. I read Chris Jericho's book, and he went from Canada down to Mexico. Then he flew across to Germany. Then he did the British summer camps. So it's good to have a well-rounded. Because you see people like Shinsuke Nakamura, who comes across to America, his first matches with Sami Zayn. They don't even talk about the match. They just go in there and do what they do. So, yeah. like you said, if you go against WXW... You know, a lot of the, they're, they're, you're lucky with um, the German wrestling scene. A lot of them know the English style; they, they speak English. But you, you're not going to be that fortunate with some guys. They might just be coming up. So you've you've got to learn the way of it. So yeah, I think WXW is a really good show. Actually, I could see yeah. a lot of matches, fresh new things. So get it, get it, get it booked. There you go. You've the, the tease is out there now. Get it booked. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, Nigel. Give us a uh, a final plug for the April the twenty third show. Then, um, yeah, April twenty third. Frankie Kazarian's going to be there. Uh, you can meet him and get your autographs and your photographs. And um, yeah, we're going to have a raffle, which is great. Everybody loves a raffle. I we love got a, raffle. We got a WWE spinning belt as the prize for our raffle this time. So that's pretty cool. It's a big prize. Uh, Nina Samuels is working Zaya Brookside. They can have a lovely match. I'm trying to think now because um, all my graphics have gone off now. Uh, <laughs> Lucky Bowden and Mason Storm are going to fight for the crown. Uh, there'll be a there should be a tag team match on there and a gauntlet with fifteen to twenty guys involved. One of those is a GC GCW guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a cheeky plug. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Get your tickets. They're a tenner, guys. They're a tenner. What could you want? I will be heading down. You're literally just around the corner from my flat, so I will be there. Yeah, wicked. Fantastic. And we encourage 
anybody in the area and any of our British, especially Welsh listeners, to get down to the Neon on April the 23rd and support Exposure Wrestling. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for joining us this week. Anyway, we really do appreciate it. Dan, where can everybody find us, as always, on the socials? Yeah, well, this podcast, you can find us. We are Apple, we are Apple, not Apple, at Grapplecast Show. We're available on your Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagrams. We're also available wherever you get your podcasts. But, Nigel, where can people find you and Exposure on the socials? Uh, at Expoent, everywhere. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, the Academy is Exposure Wrestling Academy on Facebook. Uh, it's only on Facebook. You can get us through the website as well, ExposureWrestling.com. Get your tickets, ExposureWrestling.com too. There's contact forms if you want to speak to us about training or the shows or anything, really. Just give us a natter. Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, we all look forward to that. And as always, thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We will be back as normal next week with episode 108. Is, is it backlash soon, Dan? I'm trying to think what's next. next is that coming up weeks. in a couple I'm, of weeks? Yeah, yeah. Puerto, Puerto Rico, Bad Bunny, it's coming up within the next yeah. few weeks. The, the interest I've got for that, you can tell massively, yeah. can't you? We'll <laughs> see what's happening. Brock v. Cody, the match we all wanted to see. Yeah, we look forward to that. Until then, um, enjoy your week and enjoy your wrestling. See you later, guys. Ta-ra. Bring it back!